Welcome to a special edition of Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. Today we will be visiting with Mayor Ivy Taylor, who is mayor of San Antonio. She has a fascinating story of how faith and her professional life came together to make her what one writer called the accidental politician. But we'll also hear why she embodies what Dr. Martin Luther King said, we were thinking about what we should develop for the future. And we shall have to do more than register and more than vote. We shall have to create leaders who embody virtues we can respect, who have moral and ethical principles we can applaud with enthusiasm. We'll hear more about Mayor Taylor's story and her vision for San Antonio and the area, so please stay with us. Hill Country Institute Live brings you together with Christian leaders to talk about issues of concern to the body of Christ. We seek to equip and encourage you to live a fully engaged faith with the heart and mind of Christ. We invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org, and go to resources where podcasts of our radio programs are available and also at iTunes under Hill Country Institute Live. Other resources include video and audio recordings of conferences on faith and science, faith and art, and the works of C.S. Lewis. Mayor Taylor, welcome. We're delighted you're with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, Mayor Taylor, I think with, with someone who's in a public position like this, one of the things that people think about is how did you start as a young person as in terms of your own spiritual formation? Because your faith and your work combine so well. So what was, what was there back in your deep roots? Okay, well, the deep roots go back to the 1970s in New York City, where I was raised by uh, parents who were actually from the South, but they had migrated up north for better opportunities. And when I was about, uh, we went, we attended Baptist churches when I was growing up, but in my early years, but when I was about eight or nine, my my parents discovered a Pentecostal holiness church Mm -hmm. in uh, Queens called Tabernacle of Prayer for All People where Apostle Johnny Washington was the founder and pastor. And uh, we started attending that church, and that really kind of changed our lives. That was where I accepted Christ. However, I will say that I, well, of course, in retrospect, I appreciate all the teachings. As a child, I internally chafed against them. And I say internally because I did not rebel. I did everything I was told. I wore skirts. I didn't wear earrings. I didn't go to the movies. Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to secular music. But uh, inside, I didn't feel that the culture of that church was a personal fit for me. But I was a child, and I was subject to uh, my parents and their rules in their household. So that's how I lived until I went off to college. Where did you go to college? I went to Yale. So it wasn't real far from home. It was in New Haven, Connecticut, about an hour and a half away from home physically, but worlds away (laughs) in many other ways. Uh, But when I got there, I guess it was hard, even though I began to make my own choices and do some things that were different than the way I'd been raised, I also couldn't stray real far. And actually, one of the main activities outside of my studies that I was involved in was I was a member of the Yale Gospel Choir. Oh, really? And uh, I had a friend at Yale. She was my roommate for three of the four years. Her name is is, uh, Rochelle. And she was a Christian, is a Christian, but she wore pants and she wore eyeliner and she went to the prom and, but she has such a sweet spirit. And it made me realize that the way that I had grown up wasn't necessarily the path you had to follow 
in order to to live out your faith and also made me start to realize that being a Christian was more about your walk with Christ and your interactions, how you display that with people, as opposed to just the image you project to the world and the mm-hmm. activities you engage in or not. More about your heart, maybe, yes. than something that's formal or right. legalistic. Or, legalistic yeah. is how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So there's a, there's, there's a freedom that can come then when you, yes. when you really embrace the fullness yes. of life in, in Christ. So what did you major in at Yale? I majored in American studies. I always loved history. In fact, in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't major in history, but uh, I loved American history. And I was in high school. I was kind of a Civil War buff. I loved reading about that specific period in American history. So I was an American studies major. It was kind of like American history with a little more of a cultural focus. I did take a lot of classes in African-American studies, but it wasn't my minor. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed my time at Yale, and I was really focused on intellectual exploration. I wasn't focused on getting a job, which that came through after I graduated because I didn't have a job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's really, really an aspect of education in it, to be able to explore, to be able to learn, and then hopefully the job situation comes. Yes. Yeah. So what did you do after Yale? So I came home after Yale in uh, May of 1992, came home to Queens, and I got the Sunday New York Times. So here I am, a Yale graduate, looking at the classifieds, the New York Times, trying to get a job. I didn't know how else to get a job. I didn't, you know, my parents weren't educated. I had not really figured out what I wanted to do. The career paths I had been exposed to, I didn't want to do. I I didn't really understand what it meant to be in business, but I I knew I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a nurse. So I managed to go through all those four years of college without figuring out what I was going to do and just figured, you know, in New York, there are so many companies, corporations, you just figure you'll get a job. And so I got a job. That I hated, <laughs> and yeah. a boss that I couldn't stand. <laughs> I would come home and cry. Uh, a pivotal point for me, and I guess, you know, maybe we were talking earlier about, you know, things that happen when you're younger and how God has plans for you that you don't realize, but... When I was about 24, there was a job that I didn't get. I didn't want to be a teacher, but I thought about it a lot. And people said that my skill set, they thought I'd be a good teacher. So I had applied for an internship at a school, a private school. And I thought, well, I'll try out this internship for a year. And then, you know, then maybe I'll go back to school to get a master's in education. Well, everybody at the school loved me. They thought it was great that I went to Yale. They all loved me. I met everybody like all in one day, like an interview with like 10 people. But the person I was going to work for wasn't there that day. And they had practically promised me the job. And when I went and met with the person I was going to work for, afterwards, the head of the school called me and said, Miss Sidbury, that's my na- my maiden name, uh-huh. Miss Sidbury, I'm so sorry, but we can't offer you the job because the head of the history department says he won't have you on his staff. <laughs> <laughs> And I was crushed. I was heartbroken. I just oh. felt so lost at that period in in my life. But you know what? If I got in that job, I might be a teacher in Brooklyn right now. 
<laughs> so God closes the door and opens others. Yes. <laughs> That's great. The city planning is part of your preparation and your background. So how did you move from a wannabe history teacher? Well, to, yeah. at that time in my life, I wasn't really seeking God's guidance. I was really trying to figure things out on my own. So I bumped around through a few jobs that I really didn't like. A couple of them were in advertising. One of them was at a music licensing company. That that one was probably worse. Uh, and then I said, I need to go back to school, and I need to get a degree in something where I want to, a field where I want to work. And so I, my dream started out small. I was going to go to night school in New York, and so I got the catalog for Hunter College in New York, and I just started looking through all the topics and started with A, with A, and I got all the way to the end at U, and they had something called urban planning. And I was oh. like, what is that? I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was fascinated and started doing a lot of research. Remember, this was back before the Internet, so I actually had to go to the library and the bookstore and call people (laughs) in order to get more information on what urban planning was and what that meant. And I decided that's what I was going to do, and the dream grew beyond going to night school to actually going to one of the finest uh, programs in city and regional planning in the country, and that's at UNC Chapel Hill, go Tar Heels. It's almost time for uh, March Madness. Oh, it's, yeah, that's so. when they shine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, where I where I ended up, and that's what created the pathway for me to be here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Because when after I finished my first year of graduate school, I was looking for a summer job, and I applied to a program. Um, that sent me here to San Antonio to work with some grassroots nonprofit organizations that were focused on affordable housing. They prov- the program provided a stipend for me to uh, work in, um, you know, in that field. So I came here, and uh, I was supposed to be ten weeks. And you know what? My mother didn't want me to take the job. She said, "You don't know anybody <laughs> in Texas. Where do you where do you go in there for?" <laughs> So <laughs> it's a long ways from home. Yes. Yeah. So I, but I said, oh, it's a, it's only ten weeks. It's an adventure. So I get here to San Antonio. At that point in graduate school, I was uh, attending church sporadically. I was more back in fellowship. I was searching for a a fit for me because I didn't want to be in the mm-hmm. type of environment I grew up in. So I was kind of, I was attending some churches. When I came here to San Antonio, remember I grew up on the East Coast, so I've been used to living in places that have been at least 15 to 20 percent black mm-hmm. when i got here to san antonio i said my goodness where are the black people in You're the city <laughs> i didn't see any for the first couple of weeks so i said i guess i'm gonna have to go to church <laughs> so, find a community where someone, i can find it yeah you go yeah, so yeah. someone invited me to a church so i went to the church to meet some black people <laughs> And I met a very special one. I sat behind my future husband at that church. That's a pretty good start, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, in the. So that was June of nineteen ninety-seven. I met my husband Rodney at Greater Corinth Baptist Church, where and that's the church he was attending, where his family um, uh, attended since like the nineteen forties. And that's the church where we were married. It's the church where our our baby was uh, blessed, and it's the church we still attend today. Well, that's great. Well, that does give you a sense of continuity and yes. community. I mean, he's got a long-term family yes. connection there. Yes. So you were able to just step right into that, weren't yes. you? Yeah. <laughs> did, the church, did the church help you to feel at home in the city? 
Uh, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Um, it was it was kind of grounding. Though in the beginning, I didn't really realize I'd be coming back. You know, we kind of dated over the summer, but I still had another year of graduate school to go. But mm-hmm. he was pretty persistent uh, <laughs> when I got back to North Carolina, and then I came to visit several times and. And then I told him, you know, that I'd be willing to move here if there was a real commitment. I wasn't going to be willing to move here and just date. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we got engaged, and, and, and then I moved here in um, May of 1998 after I finished graduate school. Oh, excellent. So when, when you came here, then you, you, you were engaged. Mm-hmm. You had a you had a church home to go into. Yes. And did you have a job lined up at that point? No, I did not have a job lined up. And I had a vision in my head of the job I wanted. So my dream job coming out of graduate school was that I wanted to be the executive director of a faith based nonprofit organization that was engaged in community development work. Um and at that time I thought I'd be working in a you know, probably predominantly African American community, um, based on the life experiences I'd had up till then. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, I found that the the uh, nonprofits that were work that were engaged in that kind of work were pretty small and weren't that sophisticated, and none of them were really hiring. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take a job with the city of San Antonio. I'd met a few people at the city while I was here over the summer. So I applied for a job at the city, and I got a job at the city. Mm-hmm. And was that job in, in, in urban planning it was, type of area? It was, in, uh-huh. it was in inner city redevelopment. Uh, so, yeah, planning-related. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the planning department, but we worked on affordable housing, uh, helping to encourage builders to build new houses in the inner city and providing down payment assistance for uh, first-time home buyers. Um, so I, uh, the first job was in a department called Neighborhood Action. Then I moved over to the Housing and Community Development Department as a manager. So I spent a total of six years working as a city employee. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, you were you were chosen, pushed, or you chose to, to run for city council. Yes. Was that part of the, the east side community involvement that you had through your church? Or? Um, it was part of the community involvement, though I would say my church wasn't as central to that as you maybe you might have mm-hmm. suspected. I uh, Certainly that was an anchor for me, but I found other ways to be engaged over there. I, I did end up working at a faith-based nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I worked at a Catholic-sponsored agency called oh, Merced right? Housing Texas. I uh-huh. left um, the city because I got frustrated with the bureaucracy, and I went to this uh, this small nonprofit that was building apartments for low income families, and I was responsible for providing social services uh, programs to help the residents to achieve their life goals, whether that be you know going back to school or attaining financial stability or health goals. So. I worked a lot in the queue. Some of the properties were on the east side, and I had to partner with other folks to provide those services to our residents. So that's how I kind of got to be known. And then some community members came to me in, I think it was either late, I think it was late 2007, 
And the the council member at the time was term limited, so they were trying to figure out who was going to run after her. And they said, we want you to run for city council for District 2. And I said, well, that's nice, but I live in District 10, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they said, oh, that's just a minor point. And so I I thought about it and I realized, well, maybe this is the opportunity God has put it in front of me to do more. Because even though I really enjoyed the work at the nonprofit, I'd become a little bit frustrated with the fact that even though we were helping families by providing affordable housing, so many of them were still struggling yeah. with so many other things in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, there must be more that I can do to help and to be of service. And so many issues are interconnected. It's not just about housing. Yeah. And I wasn't quite sure what I could do that would make a bigger impact. And so I thought about getting a PhD. I thought about being a teacher. I thought about a few things. And then when these folks came to me and asked me to consider running for city council, I said, well, God, maybe this is the 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 mm-hmm. opportunity. Maybe this is a path you want me to be on. So we moved to District 2 oh, okay. and I ran for city council and uh, it was a very challenging race that I ended up winning by 54 votes in a runoff. 54. Wow. So every vote counts. It does, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it does. Well, so... You you must have had a talent for for putting groups together for, you know, and and, and I mean I work in the nonprofit world, uh, small nonprofit. We never have enough resources to do That's things. Right. But you know, you get two or three nonprofits, and this one does something well, and that one mm-hmm. does something else well, mm-hmm. and you can build a team to mm-hmm. to provide a service or or work on an issue or whatever yes. it may be. Uh, how you know you 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 seem to be blessed with that talent. How do how do you think about that as a Christian? This team building, this organizing, reaching across lines? Hmm. Well, I think maybe that, well, first of all, that's what we should be doing in in the church, in the Mm -hmm. various ministries that, you know, that we have. But I think also um, just the... um, the the teachings and the inclination of a Christian are to want to uh, be of service mm-hmm. and to not need to be the the in the spotlight or you know the big the, dog right whatever you want to say right uh-huh. more collaborations have been killed or you know because somebody needed to be you know in control or yeah. you know they their ego didn't get stroked enough so I, I've never really had that as an an issue. Mm -hmm. So that's allowed me to be able to, you know, work with all different kinds of people. Also, I'm, I think I'm a good listener. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to, I think you have to be a good listener in order to collaborate because you need to know what other folks needs and abilities are, what they bring to the table, what they're looking to get out of the relationship. So, um, those are, I guess, skills that I that I built up uh, through working in the sector and also built on relationships I had already formed mm-hmm. at the city because many of the folks that um, I worked with were folks who had approached the city for funding to, in order to do projects. So that allowed me to kind of expand my network. If you're near the funding sooner or later, you'll meet everybody. Yes, <laughs> sure will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something how that works. Mm. Well, the um, so at so at this stage of life, you've you've been involved uh, putting things together in the community. Mm-hmm. You you worked on housing, but you found that housing wasn't 
really the whole answer. Yes. It's a piece of the answer. Yes. And and yet there's there's other family dimensions and educational mm-hmm. dimensions that you were hoping to to pull together. Mm-hmm. And then people came to you and said, you know, we'd kind of like you to fill this seat. And, <laughs> and then I, you moved. Yeah. I thought it was a really crazy idea because I didn't see myself as being a politician, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was not politically correct <laughs> all the time. And I knew that I liked to speak my mind. So I was like, well, how's that going to work? But yeah. then I said, well, you know, God, maybe this is what you want me to do. So I just went ahead and, you know, kind of took a leap of faith there. Mm-hmm. So and God lined everything up perfectly. So I couldn't do the job at Merced and still serve on the city council. Um, But um, right at the time when it was gearing up to the election, I was approached by someone on the faculty at UTSA who told me, hey, we have a position for someone who's a practitioner to teach in the public administration department to teach on urban management and urban planning. Are you interested? So I applied and so... I quit the job at Merced in May. Now, remember, I was in a runoff, uh, but I had another job lined up if things didn't work <laughs> out. And uh, so then I won the election in June, and then I started teaching at UTSA in August when the semester started. Sure. So, so for six years, I had two full-time jobs serving on the council and teaching over at UTSA. And we had a third one, too, because you had a home life, didn't you? Yes, yes, that, too. That, too. (laughs) So you were were spread pretty thin. Yeah, I sure was. (laughs) Well, did you you enjoy the the lecture part of the— I really did enjoy the teaching. I feel so gratified. I feel so blessed that I was able to— kind of touch lives in a more personal way Mm -hmm. by sharing with them my perspective on what I'd learned being in the public sector and that I could share with them. Yeah, I can tell you all about what's in the textbook, but this is how it really goes down. Yeah. You know, and also to share with them, I think for a lot of the students, they hadn't really thought about how they could be part of solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, And for many of them, I've had many of them come back to me who now work in the nonprofit sector one of my favorite stories was I, I had my students write papers. I made them go out and do a research paper on a nonprofit where they had to go and meet with the folks and go to a board meeting and all this stuff. And one young lady, after she wrote the paper, the organization she researched offered her a job. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Isn't it? Yeah. Doing yeah. important community work. So it really was gratifying. It was a great, great time. Did you did you find that the students had faith based questions, or were you able to interact with them? I know it's a it's a secular university, yes. but were, was that opportunity available for you? That's a good question. Um, there usually were not a lot of opportunities to convey that perspective. I mean, in many of my lectures and reflecting on, since my experience was germane to what we were studying, because we're studying urban management, I often talked about my own life and my own journey. Mm-hmm. And I think for some of them, they were able to pick up the fact that, um, you know, my faith is definitely a, a guidepost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't recall having a lot of specific conversations with students about that. Sometimes things are, are so much a part of your being that they just come out. Mm-hmm. And it and it and it seems like that foundation is, is so much a part of who you are mm-hmm. that it would be hard to not yeah. have it just radiate from you. I've had, you know what? I had a graduate student say almost that to me. And I remember feeling really shocked because mm-hmm. I, I don't 
I guess I was not really conscious of that, but I guess that's a blessing that, because she, she said to me that she could see the hand of God in my life and that I was an inspiration to her as, as a student. And uh, I was a little surprised because I had never really been vocal to mm-hmm. her about it. Mm-hmm. So as you were on the city council then, <laughs> the city council is not a paying job. Right. And, and so you had to have a second yes. second job for income. <laughs> yes. And then, so, you, and how did, were you supported by your church and in the sense of this dual career and being, moving on to the city council? My church has always been, um, they've always been real supportive. They're not uh, an overt overtly you know how some churches get real you know kind of politically active the folks there aren't like that but they've always been uh very supportive of me and in my family mm-hmm. yeah so uh so we're we're getting to a, a point where we're going to need to have a have a break but i want to explore in our second half of the program how the city council work for you, what it was like being a Christian, a woman, an African-American. And and my understanding is that the the population of San Antonio is about 8% African-American. Is that about? About seven. About seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so that that's fascinating that you could move forward in your political Mm -hmm. career uh, with these aspects of your person Mm -hmm. in this, in this city. Because San Antonio is a fascinating city. I think it's, it's a great city. It's dynamic now. It's, it's full of life. Wonderful things are happening. And, and, but there's a you know, majority Hispanic population, yes. Yes. large plurality of, of, of white folks, and then mm-hmm. you know, a small African-American community. Right. And that's, that's just a fascinating thing. So we'll, we'll come back to that okay. in the second half. Okay, so uh, if you've just now joined us, this is Hill Country Institute Live. We are very privileged today to have Mayor Ivy Taylor with us, mayor of the city of San Antonio. And uh, we'll be back in a minute to hear more about her her vision for the city. But this is Hill Country Institute Live, exploring Christ and culture. If you're enjoying the program and would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit hillcountryinstitute.org. That's all one word, hillcountryinstitute.org. There are resources there, including previous radio programs on a variety of topics, including crossing racial barriers to understanding, reaching out to folks who aren't Christians, and faith and work. There are also videos from past conferences on faith and science, faith and art, and the work of C.S. Lewis, among other topics. If you'd like for this program, conferences, and events in the online ministry to continue and expand, please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at hillcountryinstitute.org. Again, that's hillcountryinstitute.org. We'll be right back.